The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Bike Goes On. This is Brian Casey with Sondra Bernstein. Kathleen Hill has joined us today. How are you doing, Kathleen? Great. Thank you for inviting me again. Oh, nice to have you. And we've got uh, Penelope in the house. Hi. <laughs> oh, hey. And one of my favorite guests at the Girl in the Fig, Laura Holmes Haddad, who I haven't seen in quite a while, but it's a pleasure to see you again. I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> Son- and Kit Kat. And Kit Kat. Sorry. Yeah, we've got Kit Kat in the house. Who, and, um, yeah, only allowing dogs named after food or <laughs> characters in food movies. Well, Kit Kat is one of my favorite candy bars, so <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> Do you know in Japan, there are probably like 100 Kit Kat flavors? Someone, really? someone brought us back a sake Kit Kat. Can't say I'm a fan. Sake. Oh uh, yeah, Kit I went Kat. like that. But the banana ones. You <gasps> mentioned this I before, know. right? Did you like I, it? I did. Yeah. It was very artificial banana tasting, but yeah. it was still it was still perfect. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty funny. All right, so now who's so Sandra? You want to go ahead and you know who who actually is our um, featured guest today? Is it Kit Kat? Is it Penelope? Is it is it Kathleen? Or, well, wait a minute, no. <laughs> so Laura and I, I have to figure out like, so our first book, The Girl in the Fig Cookbook, came out in two thousand and four. Two thousand and four. Correct. So we've known each other probably since 2002. Yes. Since it took two years. Mm -hmm. So we can go that far back. And I'll just give a tiny, tiny quick history is that we had a literary agent. Um, I had been working on the book. I had a huge notebook of things and recipes and notes and um, somehow ended up with a literary agent that someone referred to me. And we, she did the proposal and started bringing it to, she went to New York and she went to all these different publishing houses and got no, no, no. And then she came back and she's still calling and she called Simon and Schuster and who answered the phone? Well, I happened to be the (laughs) assistant editor. I had just been promoted for my first job as editorial assistant and when I saw that, well, I answered the phone, but then I asked you to submit. And my boss at the time said, you can look at this project as my first acquisition. And I said, oh, I know the girl in the fig. And <laughs> feeling homesick um, in Manhattan, I said, you know, can we acquire this? And, and it was a happy, yeah, a happy pairing. It was very, very fun. And um you know, I had no idea what that process is, was going to be like. I had no, there's a lot that goes into like writing a cookbook and your role as a, um, and then you got promoted again, right? I did get promoted. And what people don't realize is the process of a cookbook. You know, when you pick up a cookbook, you think, oh, Obviously, there's photos and there are words, but the process is so time-consuming and complex. And so I always love to kind of debunk the myth behind um, how easy it looks. Yeah, no, I mean, and more and more cookbooks come out every single day. It's amazing to me. It's unbelievable, and especially how it's shifted with blogs, um, because whereas before in the 80s, 
I would say the 80s was more of a um, restaurant reviewers were doing cookbooks and um, you had the famous, you know, Julia Child and Craig Claiborne. And then in the 90s, it shifted more to chef driven cookbooks. Um, and then by 2000, you had more restaurants doing their own cookbooks. Um, and then now it's really blog driven. And, you know, what's your social media following is the number one question when you're pitching a cookbook. Wow. Yeah. So what are the titles of the books that you've worked on? Are they too long to list? Well, I was just so fortunate that I worked with the editor in the Simon & Schuster imprint and her majority of her list was food. And so I had such an incredible education. I worked with Paula Deen before she went rogue. Um, She was always rogue. She took a turn, let's just say that. She used to call me Miss Laura. And um, it was just great, you know, and it was New York. So it was driven at the time around lunches with agents and lunches with the writers and the chefs and the restaurants. And um, I worked with, um, through my boss, uh, Todd English, you know, and uh, the king of the 90s. Um, And then I got to go to photo shoots, you know, and that was so eye-opening to meet food stylists and to be in these lofts in Manhattan where you know these photographers had shot Martha Stewart and all these you know legends of the food world um so I just got to see the entire process and being you know 24 and um basically making nothing you know I got all the food from the food shoots (laughs) and um I just you know I took everything in I did everything I could to learn more about that world and I, I loved every second of it yeah and your Sydney Miner, who was your boss, yes, she's pretty well known in the cookbook world. She did, and she yeah. uh, was fortunate enough to. She worked with two first ladies. She did all of Hillary Rodham Clinton's books. Wow, um, life more you know the lifestyle. Um, it takes a village, and then the um, White House. Um, I can't remember. It was a lifestyle book. And then we also did the White House Flowers book, which was incredible to work on. It was a memoir, basically, with photos of the White House florist, which was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she also worked on Michelle Obama's books. Wow. So I keep in Impressive. touch with Sid, you know, um, all these years later. But it's just, yeah, it's a really, a really fun. It was a good edge. It was like going to college for cookbook editing. Definitely. cookbook production. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah. you learned things they don't teach in college. Yeah, and they Were don't they... teach it in culinary school. So after yes. college, <laughs> I went to culinary school. Oh. And then getting that kind of baseline in food and then being in the cookbook world and the publishing world in particular, you know, the central part of it is in New York. So to be there and, and see what goes on, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly was, it was such a wonderful opportunity. Yeah, Oh. Just and did you get to travel at all? On did or everything was pretty much in New York at that time? No, everything was in New York. I mean, I used you as an excuse to travel <laughs> to, to California. Oh, good. I'm um, glad that was good. And uh-huh. then I got to go to some food conferences. You know, the IACP. IACP. Um, yeah, we I too. Yeah. got to attend one year. One year it was in Montreal. I'll never mm-hmm. forget that. It was such a wonderful. Um, opportunity to, to see Montreal from the food perspective. Uh, but no, other than that, when you live in New York, I mean, come on, everyone yeah, comes to you. Every, exactly. That's true. <laughs> and Penelope wasn't even a thought then. No, I love you, honey, but no, you were not a thought. 
Yeah. This is, this <laughs> I was is single pre- in my early pre-pee. 20s. This yes. is pre P. Pre P and after P and current P. Yes. Uh, Penelope, do you know what a food stylist is? Uh, yes. Okay, because my daughter was curious about this because she actually said something to me one day. She was watching a commercial and it was like this hamburger that looked juicy and big mm-hmm. and it was like four feet tall. And she said, Dad, it doesn't look like that when we go get it at, the, at whatever place it was. And I said, that's because they have a food stylist. And she was like, what? What is a food stylist? Um, so I told her there's people that that is their only job is to make food look beautiful in pictures and on video. And she thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. Oh, you would be amazed at how many people it takes. And the little tricks that. of the trade, I mm-hmm. think, that I saw when Sondra was doing one of her cookbooks at a state, at, at a state did, that... Yeah. Um, yeah, there's sometimes you don't. I'll just say that sometimes you don't want to eat the food after they've taken the photos. Yeah. <laughs> there's um, one thing that I learned is that the cereal, like you never, it looks so perfect. Right. And then um, they actually use glue, and then they just add like a. It's a bowl, and then they have a clear plastic sheet, and then they put glue, and then the cereal. You're right. kidding me! Right. Wow. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but it looks beautiful. It looks perfect. It's nice and crispy, not the soggy mess. No, right. That's right. That's funny. Yeah, Penelope is the same age as my daughter. They're both 11. They're both on a swim team, so we have a little bond going. Yeah. (laughs) I wish I would have known. It would have been great to have Abby here as well. Abby, you have an open invite on the podcast. I think the next time we do, um, we do cheese. She because she's totally into That's cheese. So, Monday, yeah. Yeah. So I think we'll we'll see if we can make yeah. that happen. And yeah. maybe you can have the new generation. I mean, I know Penelope and a lot of her friends love Top Chef Junior and Master Chef Junior, and we could have a whole show. I cannot yeah. tell you. Next I've generation. I've told Abby is this that we have the podcast equipment at at home that she could actually be doing her own show, and she's at the point now where she just says, "I'm going to make this. I'm going to make cookies. I'm going to make," and she just goes in gets out the KitchenAid, the mixer, turns out, I mean, the whole deal. Um, I have my on-staff baker, and her right. name is Penelope Haddad, yep. and my waistline <laughs> has suffered a little what? bit, because I'll be dreaming of, like last night, I was dreaming of molasses ginger cookies, and mm. guess what I had within right. 45 minutes? Um, hello, again, another week and no gifts, no food gifts for us. Oh. I didn't know if you would want any. Of course. Oh, no, we were, were talking to Kathleen. So- we, were, we were looking at Kathleen. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> Kathleen, I'm going to... I'm so, gonna look at you too. What food <laughs> gifts would you have brought? Molasses cookies. Oh, oh, I get it. <laughs> you know what? All I've been doing is taking food to other people's houses, my luscious thighs, and salad. Well, that sounds luscious, right? Yeah. But I've started making dressing with Steve Sando's pineapple vinegar. What? Oh, I didn't whoa, whoa, even whoa, know wait he a minute. made a pineapple Ooh. vinegar. Yes. Okay, so people that don't know Steve Sando from uh, Rancho, Rancho Gordo, Gordo in Napa. Ooh, yeah. So the beans are outstanding, but he's making a pineapple vinegar? Yes. I think, I'm not sure if he's making it or importing it from yeah, Mexico. Maybe he's importing it. Yeah. Okay. And you don't have to use very much of it. Mm-hmm. Is it the sweet and tangy? Well, kind of, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and are you glazing the thighs, me, too, with that? Pardon me? Are you glazing the thighs with that, too? No. <laughs> the chicken thighs? We're not gonna, I don't Just think to we're going to... That's a good we're idea. We're not going to get the thigh <laughs> recipe on the air, I don't think. No, I don't give it to people anyway, <laughs> yeah. on air or other. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I, and I took them to a dinner last weekend and added turmeric to oh. my mystery stuff. Yeah. And... Oh my gosh! People, I took 
two men out of vegetarianism with <laughs> my luscious thighs. Nice. Oh wow. That is another episode. <laughs> I, I told my son, on, my Hollywood son, on the on the phone the other evening about my luscious thighs, and he said, Mom, wait a minute. That makes me really uncomfortable. <laughs> so if we can get your thigh recipe and we can get Gary Saperstein's cheesecake, cheesecake recipe. recipe. Wait, he won't give me his cheesecake I recipe. Know that. We could yeah. do a secret yeah. dinner. Yeah. yeah, well... We could, you could do... Can we just bring them, or do we have to bring the recipes? Uh, well, I'm happy to just eat it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then the salad with the pineapple dressing. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And just, just so, uh, where, where is that available? At his shop in Okay, Napa. so you have maybe to go to online, Napa. As or far maybe as I it, know. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe sure online. online. SteveSando.com. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Very cool. He also has a banana vinegar, wow. which didn't send me quite as much as mm. the pineapple. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. I know. I'm looking puzzled. The face is scrunching. Yes. Yeah, the face is scrunching. I don't but trying I, to I'd think to, about mm-hmm. banana. I think it would be good in a marinade. I was going to say maybe a pork yeah. if you're doing like yeah, a Cuban. Like a and Jamaican. A, or, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. But right. yum. Yum. Um, wow, Kit Kat is just chewing on that bully. And you know, it's the size of my fingers. She's not a vegan. Kind of, and I, when she greeted me with a little chew of my finger, I thought, Oh, she, she thought she thought it was the bully. Toy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that could be. So, so we so we did that cookbook. Um, we did when I did my second cookbook, Pot du Jour. Decided to self publish that because I needed to learn something else. So that was fun, and um, that. I mean, you wrote a lot of the stories, like we had some outlines on what we wanted to do, and you definitely made my words sound so much better wherever my head notes. I never <laughs> like to do head notes, but I guess they're like so important in a book. They do explain to people what head notes are. Yeah, head notes are the lines of text that introduce a recipe. And you really capture, I mean, think it's basically summarizing and yet kind of a sales pitch for each recipe. So they're really important. Okay. And also you include things about you know, preparing them ahead or storing or um, how you got inspired by the recipe. So it's, they're really important. Especially when you have a book with 200 recipes, that's a lot of head notes. Yeah, by the end, you're, you're like, pulling okay, your eyelashes did, I say, yes. did I say that before already? Yes. Is that yes. on page 25? Right. Yeah. That's what a good editor is for. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. And one of the other fascinating um, aspects of the book, which I didn't really realize until Plot du Jour, was the indexing. Oh, I mean, yeah. the secret of every great, I think in every great book, is an indexer who knows what they're doing because the ease of using a cookbook comes down to the index. Right. And you'd be surprised when you see a bad index. You're just just saying. That yeah. was a word nerdiness <laughs> of me, but a good indexer is hard to find. But you're not talking about the table of contents. You're talking about no, the way the in back. which the book the is back. structured? No, oh. in the back where like um, it lists every word. Or like in like a cookbook. You look at chocolate and then it and should it say to- moose. Or and then it says everywhere. what pages right. it's on. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. right. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, figs, pages. Right. Yeah. We have a humongo index and I'm just opening yeah. the back oh, yeah. of the book. This is what our index was. So, I mean, right. so we had resources and then the index, which just was incredible. Yikes. 
Because this isn't something yeah. you're doing when you're doing the recipes. You're not thinking, okay, this has chocolate. Remember, it's on page such and oh, such. Oh, no, yeah. this is it's a specific that. skill, a specific job. Um, usually someone who has a background in um, library or library science mm -hmm. because it's a, a particular specialty. So, like, you would have a copy editor who is trained not necessarily to line edit, but to copy edit. So punctuation, grammar, flow, that's a specific job. And then my job as a line editor is to make your words sound better, to make you sound mm. better, basically. Right. Okay. Or smart. So, and or smart. <laughs> or like, no, like you're, you're so doing. smart, yeah. don't worry. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, but the in, I mean, that was amazing. And yeah, all these different pieces, when you self-publish, then you really start finding like, what certain things cost versus when you go to a publisher, you know, you don't really know. You get some kind of an advance if you're lucky. Yes. And our advance really went to, for, with Simon & Schuster, that advance went to pretty much all the photography. Yes. Because people. we, at the time, we had to pay for our photography. And the but photos are always just... that way, though. It depends. It completely yeah. depends yeah. on um, who you are and you know, your kind of yeah. status in the food world, yeah. to be honest. I but was I was unknown. I mean, we yeah. were unknown. Nobody knew except for you, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I was a one-woman one fan club yeah, in New York. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, it was but awesome. no, the cost of the photo shoot alone, I yeah. mean, it's... And then now how that's changed, because if you look at older cookbooks, you know, 80s and 90s, there would be a photo insert which was the most cost-effective way of having like the photos. the ones in the middle? Of in the, the middle, there'd be a spread of 8 or 16 photos. But now, I mean, no <clears throat> one under the sun would publish a cookbook without color photos throughout. And right. that is a major shift and a major cost. I, I received a book um, a few weeks ago from a fellow who lives in Napa who's written a lot of cookbooks, I guess. Um, and... This was a book on Meyer lemons, and he published it himself. He did all the he did all the watercolors wow. for all the lemons for each recipe, wow. and wow. it's a beautiful book, mm. and it's so well done. That but I don't think it's sold at all. Well, he but probably he wants, he probably wants you to it. write about it. Probably, yeah. probably wants you to write about it. Well, I, he I had him on my radio show a couple oh, weeks perfect. ago, and it was fascinating. Oh. Well, get a plug. A, yeah. Get a plug for him out here. Yeah, who? Okay. James McNair. No, um, Court Sinis. Wow. A Court C O R T Sinis. Okay. That sounds like a lovely um, and beautiful gift book, or someone who yeah. really loves because yeah. Meyer yeah. lemons here well, are yeah. like thirty-six recipes and thirty-six illustrations. That's oh, amazing, and the yeah. whole history of Meyer lemons oh. yeah. and Frank Meyer. Well, yeah. you'll love this story Very because, specialized. you know, for Californians, especially in our area, their Meyer lemons are like, you know, orange. I mean, they're just everywhere. But when I moved back to California, my old boss, Sid Miner, she used to ask me to send them so I would pack them up in a box and send her boxes of Meyer lemons because in the stores there, they're about $20 a pound. Wow. Still? So, oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. So he sends them in boxes wrapped in blue tissue paper for blue and gold for California. Or blue oh, and yeah. Uh -huh. Well, he's got his marketing down. Yeah, yeah. I know. Anyway, oh, is that why the warriors are blue and gold? Yeah, son. Welcome to that. Yeah, You're a little late to that party. I'm but very yes. late. I'm the still, Golden State. I'm still Pennsylvania girl <laughs> deep blue and down gold inside. Fleet. Yeah. yeah, on the bay. Yeah, but Kathleen, I need a copy of that book. My neighbor has a Meyer lemon tree, and fortunately, they grow onto 
my side of the fence. Lucky you, lucky you. Never complain. You're a gleaner. No, I'm a total gleaner, but there's certain times of the year, yeah, where it's raining Meyer lemons. Oh, oh. I just remembered it's it's called Mad About Meyer lemons. (laughs) Mad Mad About about Meyer Meyer lemons. Mad About Meyer lemons. Okay, thank you. Yeah. And I could say a super California um, recipe that we do every Christmas. My dearest Penelope was born Christmas Eve, so Christmas Day we always do a kind of a lighter meal because we're partying Christmas Eve, Um, is I do a Meyer lemon uh, Beurre Blanc with mm. fresh Dungeness crab oh. over pasta, oh. and it is. Can she come to? We have body language going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, someone doesn't recall that. Uh, she doesn't eat it, but the rest oh, of us eat it. You don't it. like it. I'm getting a preteen look. Not yeah, a, not uh, a crab either. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that sounds right. amazing. Okay. okay, that sounds yummy. <laughs> I don't think you could see the eye roll, but it was. It was a big eye roll. Yeah, I'm becoming familiar with that. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. It's like your eyes are going to get stuck back there. Yeah, they don't know, right? Yeah. You tell them. Yeah. That. <laughs> so <laughs> your, your food inspiration, I think, other than, you know, being in New York and, and just being surrounded by so many cool experiences, but you're a traveler at heart. Yes. Yeah. So where do you find, where do you find your biggest inspiration well I should say to my food inspiration and my deep roots in the food world are really from my mom who is half Italian and whose great-grandparents emigrated to Pennsylvania from Italy and basically they came through Ellis Island and were assigned the Pennsylvania coal country around Wilkes-Barre and that's oh my where goodness. they went but they is that what happened they assigned people yeah, you got to Ellis Island and you basically were given whatever jobs they needed to fill you were sent there so they were sent you know go to go to the coal country mm-hmm. and make Italian food no not to cook but to work the mines and <laughs> oh, then, oh, 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 oh sorry that would have been a good were, idea yeah. well right? they yeah, were very I specific the miners no, sorry about that yeah, no. spaghetti yeah, and right? lasagna they're really ahead of their time yes <laughs> it's incredible <laughs> Um, so anyway, they had this huge Italian community and my, I found out later that my great grandmother was actually one of the first caterers in the town. She would sell pizza out the back door. So they had a Dutch door. So she would cater. And then my great grandfather got Zinfandel grapes under the church exemption during prohibition. Yes. So they would. Train, they would put the grapes on the train and then they would arrive in Pennsylvania and my great great grandfather would make wine in the basement and wow. I just laughed when I heard that because no wonder I'm a wine and food lover so anyway that left my mom with this huge food culture and um, and gathering around the table and so that's what my childhood was about was about the family dinner and then I went to culinary school um, after college. Where did you go? I went to the CCA in San Francisco, Francisco. California Culinary Academy, with the intention of being a food writer, knowing that I couldn't, Hmm. the life of a chef was just not what I could see myself um, doing. It was just too labor and just backbreaking. So anyway, then after the CCA, because I wanted to be a food writer, I applied for this job in New York and then... From there, and surprisingly, um, you got it right. I did. It was so. I sold everything. <laughs> I bought a one-way ticket. I sold everything and moved to New York in hopes of landing a job. And two months later, I did. Um, and then used that love of food, obviously, in my work. And then being able to travel 
has just been an eye-opener, you know, in terms yeah. of making food memories. I remember, I, I definitely remember sitting at your mom's table, <laughs> and she's an amazing, amazing cook, chef. She I is. mean, delicious food, beautiful. My mom was with me one year um, over the holidays, and yeah, beautiful. And definitely... I, it makes a lot of sense her also being in the antique business and interior design i mean the house was so beautiful i do say mm-hmm. was yeah yeah sad yeah. she my mom another, lost her house another another fire in the fire tragedy oh, yeah. yeah up on sonoma mountain but um yeah so do do you feel like you gravitated towards italian cooking um was that like did you want to go to italy as your first trip abroad i did well i look back because my mom was so influenced by italian food but then by french food because in the 70s um she cooked her way she was the first kind of julie and julia i like to say she cooked her way through the julia child because my dad was in grad school and you know no one really ate out at the time and she really wanted to master souffles and creme brulee and she cooked and they had dinner parties and that was what they did in boston Uh. in the 70s and then um mediterranean food was just kind of what we always ate i don't think i ate tasted cilantro until i was 17 I didn't taste sushi until I was 19. Um, There were just certain things that we as a family didn't eat. And so then having these new experiences and different types of food and then, um, yes, traveling to Italy was so incredible. But then I got the chance to travel to Chile where I had, you know, an empanada, you know, in South America, which was mind-blowing, and ceviche in Chile, which was, you know, I still just my mouth waters thinking about it. so actually, I remember because you were also doing a lot of wine writing. I and was. I was. Those freelancing. assignments were happening. Yes. So I got that opportunity was huge. And again, before these press trips, you know, I was a freelancer, so I would happily take them. I got to go from you got to go for free to go for free. So I went to Thessaloniki um, for wines of Greece before the whole Greek economy collapsed. Sorry, Greece. Um, I added to your debt, but I had a lovely week. Um, and the food, I mean, to taste Greek food yeah. in Greece, it, I can't even, there's nothing like it. The flavors were just bursting. It was so yeah. mind-blowing. Um, and then when I took my... Um, honeymoon in Capri and to have oh is that where you went we did we went to Rome and Capri and just oh it just was you know you taste you literally it sounds like such a cliche but you do you taste the ocean and then even with you I'm looking at the cookbook I mean to be with you and visit cheesemakers in Sonoma and Napa and even growing up in Northern California I hadn't really embrace that idea of terroir you know in our own backyard right so you're just you know you start to build on these flavors and in your head and now it's just yeah you can go back to them and reference them and and know what you're going for what you hope to taste in a dish I think that's what food memories do yeah I mean talk yeah. about lemons yeah. my wife and I did the same thing honeymoon did uh, uh, Naples and Oof. Rome and Amalfi Coast Ugh, the lemons and, of Amalfi right oh the limoncello yeah. and then one of the coolest things I found was anchovy oil oh. which is something they also sold on this on the side of the road and it was in the tiny little cool little Oof. glass bottles and I brought some home, just a little tiny drop in something. And, and it just, it doesn't add a fishiness necessarily. It's just a nice little salt component to dishes. 
I'm that's, shaking in my chair if you can't see. Yeah, me. <laughs> that's a, but that's something that I had never seen here. Never. Had oh, I never tell with. anyone that I'm adding it, and it just adds that umami, yeah. right? And right. You know, people are like, oh, anchovy, but yeah. they don't get it. And being at one of those little restaurants in the alleys of Rome, and Ugh. where they serve mm. truffles, and you can uh, smell when the, like, the the plate goes by that has truffles in it, and the whole alley sort of fills up with that truffles. I mean, yeah, I love food. So it's, I mean, and, <laughs> I can't tell, and. <laughs> I guess it's very relevant right now because people ever you know people want to travel and if you can travel and see other parts of the world and all these articles are coming out about the over tourism mm-hmm. in all these countries I mean people are fascinated but this week Venice added a 3 euro fee and Amsterdam mm-hmm. and Bruges is thinking about what they're doing and when you think about sustainably traveling or like you know how you you know even I I guess reading about cruise ships right now I'm feeling like this could be my last cruise even though I wanted to retire on a cruise ship and just go around (laughs) and and around yeah and um but like when I then you read the other side of the story and you go you know they're illegally dumping or Mm -hmm. you know oh my god I read about like a huge amount of Nike sneakers falling out of a container that was like going from wherever they were made across country. And they were like wondering why they were finding like all these Nikes, you know, and you hear about the animals and how it's just, and once in a while they crash. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of traveling for food, there's so many places I would love to go, but I'm afraid, you know, like I'd love to go to Egypt, but yeah. Right. And then my husband, Penelope's dad, um, is half Lebanese. And so that is another part of my life that opened up when I met him because I had never had Lebanese food. His father was the most incredible cook. And our family joke is that his mother is British, was British. Um, and, he, my husband would ask his dad, what, dad, why do you cook? This is so strange, you know? And he said, <laughs> Have you ever son, I learned how to cook out of self-defense. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and luckily Penelope got to spend time. And Penelope, you want to talk a little bit about, um, he, she's shaking her head, so I'll, I'll really? represent. But he, cooking together, and my husband learned the recipes from his father. And so he's teaching Penelope. And I will say my uh, seven-year-old son, who... God love him, but he eats basically plain pasta and hot dogs. French fries? And French fries. I mean, yeah. who doesn't eat French fries? Um, he will mm-hmm. eat kibbe, which is this lamb kebab. Oh, sorry. Penelope just corrected me. Kefta um, is basically a <laughs> lamb kebab. And he'll eat five to six of them. Wow. With not even blinking. Um, and just having that, you know, literally farm to table, it, the history of Lebanese food, obviously, is built around that but that has really influenced um the way we eat at home and the way so um, you have lebanese food and italian food we do and what else at home mexican and you know my well we do we order thai i don't cook thai sorry honey that that's a little bit too much for me <laughs> yeah you need yeah. a lot of stuff in your yeah. pantry sometimes it is to better get, to order yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like you know let's just buy them because <laughs> yeah. someone else can right. <laughs> can can really do that much better than we can um and then we also go out for japanese um penelope and roman love sushi, sushi ron yes sushi ron oh it is but i'm gonna plug in for masa in Nevado. he's a former sushi ron chef 
Oh, oh I just gave away the secret. Ooh, ooh. Well, it is delicious. Wait a minute. Back up there. Yes. Yeah. Masa. Oh. And where is this located? Yeah, on Grant Avenue in Nevada. Make no. a reservation though. My mom lives in Nevada. Like okay. the old, like the old San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Is that closer than Roner Park? For you, it's probably equidistant. Equal. And the traffic's worse coming home. Okay, depends. Oh, the yeah. T words. Yeah. yeah. Well, now um, you can take the train. Yes. Right. You can take the train right from downtown Roner Park right to Nevada. But if we have to go from here to Roner Park, we might have to go, go somewhere. Go to right. <laughs> well, and you'll have to Uber <laughs> from the Nevada stop to Massa. Okay. Yeah. So Penelope, I'm putting you on the spot right now. I I demand. What is your favorite food? Um, I like steak frites, and (laughs) uh, also I like anything to do with potatoes and Lebanese food. And do you help your dad make Lebanese food? Uh, yeah, occasionally. What do you like to make when you guys are Um, cooking? I like to make uh, the kefta and the mujadra and yeah. explain what mujadra is mujadra is a lentil and rice vegetarian dish with these um, that is topped with fried onions mm. Ooh, you nice. won't lose your mind yes yeah. wow I think I, I think I had some food at your house oh, that you guys made I Munir must has have. definitely cooked yeah. for you yes. yeah we'll have to plan another one I know because that's the thing about Lebanese food and Munir and his father in general there's no just cooking for four you basically cook right. for like 18 people <laughs> well, I think people don't know that Lebanon makes world class wine too Yes, it is. Not a lot of people have experience with Lebanese wine, but if you get an opportunity, buy it. And it's expensive. I mean, that's the one thing, but because there's so little of it. It has to get here. It has to get there. And literally the land there is so scarce. Um, But if, you know, to spend, if you're going to spend $50 and you want it, it's worth every penny. Wow. Yeah. You can actually get, go to, I'll get a little plug out to Bottle Barn in Santa Rosa because you can get some of the Chateau Moussar and, and you can get it, you can get the rosé. And you can get the the red, and it's and it's um, the rosé you can get for twenty bucks. Oh, okay, I know so, where I'm stopping after podcast. Hot tip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah. So I mean, and Kathleen, you're like, did Matt cook with you or Aaron? You know, I came out to the kitchen one Saturday morning when Mac was eleven, and found him with an iron skillet upside down. An iron pan, frying pan upside down on a burner and I said what the heck are you doing and he said I'm making crepes yes oh. on oh my when oh. he was 11 yes and the kids always made fun of my cooking and my gardening not They're, now good <laughs> cooks got the last and good, laugh and good gardener yeah yeah <laughs> good new yeah. gardeners and and his wife has proof bakery in Los Angeles. She's Korean. Wow. Yeah. And he honestly just quit his wonderful job to spoken like a mother. To help mourn the bakery and walk their little boy to kindergarten. Oh. And work on a building they're gonna develop a food business in. Fantastic. That they bought. And but it, they now confess that they watched Julia and Jacques. Uh huh. I thought they were watching other things, but I'm glad they were watching. Yes, Julia and Jacques. Oh, Penelope and I. I think how many food shows have we watched together? A lot. A lot. Well, there are yeah. a lot more now than when my kids were. There are, kids. Yes. yes, but what a good you got a good timing with Jane. Yeah, yeah, classic. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, they didn't cook much at home. I mean, mm-hmm. and but Mac does all the cooking at home now. I, I, yeah, I don't think his wife wants to really cook after she bakes all day. No. Yeah. And she That's doesn't nice... even like to cook. And her mother, yeah. I mean, she loves to bake. But her um, her mother provides them with Korean food, which oh fabulous! They, okay, I might have to join that family. I, yeah, when I get there, <laughs> there's just a big brown bag of Korean food that's arrived. But the, they use the meats and as more of a condiment, mm-hmm. right? Um, We're trying to eat like that now. I yeah. really yeah, I love that when you set up the bowls. So it's almost like yeah. you said, just yeah. like a condiment instead of the main yeah, part of the dish. I, I went to Whole Foods one. I'm not making a plug, but we did no. in their neighborhood in Los Angeles. And it's a three-story elevator Whole Foods. And um, she and I were shopping because I was going to cook my last meal there. And I said, what do you want? What do you want? You know, we're going around the aisles. And she said, I don't care, Kathleen. I hate to cook. <laughs> <laughs> Just cook whatever you want. Just so, so you I did luscious to- thighs. Actually, I didn't have my spices. Oh, I tried, oh. but it didn't work quite right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, <laughs> they were good. Yeah. 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 So, um, but his little five-year-old is getting the, and my daughter's husband is Italian. And so he whips up stuff and both of their kids cook. I have photos of Sawyer, who's now 12, at age two or three in nothing but underwear on a ladder in the kitchen. Oh, cute. <laughs> you know, making, <laughs> cooking. You scored with your food yeah. family. Well, it takes a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> those, were, those were some of my favorite videos. Is Abby sort of on her, we used to call it the standy thing, but it was the thing you'd put in the kitchen where she could get up at counter height. Yeah. And she would pretend that she was cooking. She'd have spatulas and pans and whips oh. and she'd be doing stuff and... Um, uh, but then there was a period of no interest at all. And I, you, you know what I think it was, Laura, is, the, is those shows, those, those shows with the kids baking. Yeah. Yeah. She sort of saw someone like her doing that and thought, oh, well, there's no reason I can't be in there using that KitchenAid mixer and using the, the, um, the thing to make smoothies. And like, why can't I be doing that if they're doing it? And, and that's, that's a big jump from the, the pretend plastic little kitchens. Right. That right. Toy stores sell. Yeah. To actually be doing it instead of plastic pizza slices. Oh, I have yeah. a, a sign Penelope made in preschool when she was four, and it was a sushi bar open at 8 a.m., and it she always played pretend. Oh, how cute. 8 p.m., sorry. Okay. And then but that shift, right, that shift of fake food, and then when you started making your first Friday or egg, I mean, I remember that so clearly, and then the independence that you got when you were able to start baking and using everything in the kitchen by yourself. Yeah. Right. Right, and the sense of that you can do this on your own. Yeah, and that's so important for the kids to learn. So they're not learning that food has to come from Chipotle or McDonald's or Chick-fil-A yeah. or, I mean, when people are actually eating at home, that's yeah. really about a huge that. shift. I, I do too. I that. see a lot of kids yeah. where that's kind of what they're you know, what they're we're doing. In, in China and here, where where the the deliverable containers of are spa- stacking up and ruining the environment, those are from people ordering from Uber or whoever. Yeah. And are those kids going to learn? Are they ever going to be able to cook? 
I mean, kids, I'm talking about 23 Yeah, teenagers. (laughs) I will say my, a lot of my friends in our neighborhood are um, physicians or, you know, lawyers, like they're, the moms are out of the house all day and the dads are, yeah, are working as well. And um, I think at least in the Bay Area, we're so lucky to have um, quality food delivered and they're trying to minimize the packaging, but it's such a challenge to get, to think that you need to shop, prep, you know, come home at 6 p.m., and get food on the table. It's it's a challenge. It is. Well, finding things. I think one thing we just discovered re- recently was well, we didn't. My daughter discovered was wraps where we get a, a thing of butter lettuce and then you know yeah. break it down, clean it, and then it's like okay, what do you want to put in it? It's kind of like making tacos for the night, but super healthy. So you know, like teriyaki chicken, you can cut up bell pepper, you can cut up green onions, you can cut up all this stuff, and it's just like a simple thing that only mm. takes fifteen minutes. Um, to put the whole thing together and is good for you and and looks beautiful too, which is important, I think, when you're cooking. I like to make appealing-looking food. Definitely. Um, so now she's kind of on that little, that's her new little thing. Oh, the little lettuce wraps. Can we do lettuce wraps? Yeah. And but even, think, sorry, go ahead. I was just thinking while we were talking about how the marketplace used to be the social gathering place throughout society. Right, And right. all of a sudden, a whole generation or two aren't going to the marketplace. And socializing. That's yeah. so true. Oh, I mean, I have friends I who hate the grocery store oh, where I, I... I do not care to be in a grocery store right now. Yeah. Like, I I mean, I hate to say that because I used to, but I can't get in and out. I mean, yeah. sometimes I go over to Na- the Napa Whole Foods and just because I know, I know, you know, I can get in and you out. No, you don't know anybody. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. I mean, people no, look I in agree. my cart. They want to know what like I'm buying. <laughs> the secrets of Sondra Bernstein. Yeah. And, you know, and it's what's not on the just menu you. Today. Yeah. I look at everyone's cart. Yeah. You're not special. Everybody does that, right? The person oh, in front of you, the person favorite. behind you. Yeah. Oh, okay, my favorite, if anyone's in Sausalito, go to the Molly Stones in Sausalito. <laughs> oh, yeah. There'll, yeah. Be a, there'll be a guy, or many guys, there'll be like a quart of vodka right. and like a quart of milk <laughs> and two bananas. And I'm always like, wow, I know what your night is like. And he, already, he already has the mustard in the fridge. Right? Oh, totally. uh, that's funny. Um, and I will say too, just we were talking about getting kids in about not eating too much um, fast food. My hot dog eating son the one thing that I've gotten him into the past few years is I plant, and I should say, but I'm a terrible gardener. I'm, I put seeds in and I pray and I put a little water in there. Um, but things grow and it's exciting. Our first carrots that we pulled out of our own little patch, it was, and now it's all we want to do together. Radishes and then we watch the garden and that has really That's helped awesome. um, kind of shift the table. Right. Mm-hmm. So even yeah. if you're eating a hot dog, you're eating a homegrown carrot, and I'm gonna right. put. I'm gonna say that's a win. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. just we've already eaten all. We've eaten through all our radishes. We're planting a second batch, and then the carrots are just starting they to come up grow. now. So, I had no idea they were so easy to grow. It was weird how fast they really came. Really weird. I was like, wait a minute, those are done. And we I'm need an to organic eat those? girl. <laughs> yeah. but so Abby's, my son, oh, sorry. Goes, I Abby's the same. She'll if you pick a tomato from the store, it might sit there on the counter for a while. But if she picks a tomato off the plant, it gets eaten fairly quickly. And that's the yeah. point of our school gardens. Yep. Yes. And getting the kids to the farmer's market, you know, here yeah. on Tuesday or we went a couple weeks ago to, and I didn't know what was going on. I think it was a Wednesday in Santa Rosa. We were going to go to um, a Mexican restaurant there. That it was my Uncle David's birthday. And 
all of a sudden it was like, oh, wow, we didn't know this was going on. It was streets and streets, but not only food, but like little entertainment things and stuff for the kids. And so Where you, was that? Santa Rosa, downtown oh, Santa uh-huh. Rosa. Yeah, right. I mean, right in front of the mall. Yeah. Um, um, even like little Very pony fun. rides. And yeah, so if you can get the kids out there looking at some of that food too, so it's and not completely Penelope, foreign to them. Sorry, you went to the farmer's market for your class. A couple times. Oh yeah, we went in second grade, and they taught us about like the sugar and organic food and stuff like that. That's awesome. Was it the one at the fairgrounds? Marin um, County. Mm, yeah, it was in um, Marin. Center Falls. Yeah, no, it was uh, near the Civic Center. I love Center. that market. I do too. Yeah. I used to work oh, the there. French, the French guys with the chickens in the corner. Yes, the rotisserie chicken. Oh. Yeah. My mom oh. brings one to my wife like every Thursday or something or whatever. She oh. gets one and then brings it to her and drops her off at her work with the potatoes at the, with the oh. potato, But and let's get real. He now does pork knuckle yeah. and porchetta. Oh, uh, so yeah, he's expanded. To, yeah. Oh. Did I pick the wrong month to go vegan? I tell you what, because well, we've, we've changed the so entire menu at the restaurant too. So we've done all the menu tastings, and I'm oh, staring at all this food. Oh yeah, yeah Brian's doing the one month vegan challenge. Oh, I heard. To, yeah, on my show this morning, they yeah. told me you were trying yeah. it. How are you doing? I'm. I mean, I'm hanging in there. So let's just stare yeah. at your beets and pretend that they're donuts. Um, <laughs> it's actually been good because you kind of put down the, the crap and um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff you shouldn't be eating anyway. And late night snacking has sort of gone by the wayside too because it's just all stuff that you're just grabbing or eating. You know, if Penelope was eating something and she had half her burrito or half her sushi and I ate mine, but then I'm like, you're not going to throw that away. Well, I don't want any more. Then I would eat it. <laughs> and now I'm the not. Human I'm not let sure. me help you out with that. My friend who's a pediatrician, she said the number one thing, parents, do not eat the food that your children have eaten. Really? Yes. What do you mean? Too many germs. Just oh, off their plates. You mean off their plates? Any? Just w- let it waste because wow. that is really? a, yes, yes, yes. You're dirty. Little, little bites of chicken. <laughs> you little dirty little and hands I love touching you, but everything. Germs. No <laughs> thanks. So, so can I go back to the garden thing, please? So, my son and Na Young's little five-year-old, just five-year-old, planted one watermelon seed in this box in the plant in the backyard. It's a, it's bigger than this table. I mean, the box is big as this room. So, they, you know, watermelons are very self instant gratification almost huh. because the plant you get a couple of leaves in a couple of days. Oh. Yeah. So he got all excited. They, Los Angeles County Sanitation District or whatever it's called, puts on a a day of celebration of recycling. And families go, and the kids can climb on the recycling trucks, and they give away plant tomato plants and free food and all this stuff. It's a big kind of festival with bands and everything. So they went there, and they got some tomato plants, the ones that Linus picked out. And then the next thing, the next weekend, Mac took Linus to the free Los Angeles County compost place, and... Linus tried to shuffle, shovel compost into buckets. <laughs> they took some home, and then they, then they um, planted some more plants. And Linus, just a couple of days ago, said, Daddy, can we go to the hardware store and get more seeds so we don't have to go to the supermarket ever again? Oh. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Dreamy. Yeah. That can happen 
you know, to everybody. Can. And I attest to that because like I said, I have not, I have the opposite of a green thumb. I don't know what that is, like a black thumb. I know, I know. And a brown thumb. <laughs> yeah, um, a gray thumb. And I am so delighted when you put things in the ground and um, my sweet Roman, when I put some seeds in, it was two years ago, he was fresh out of Montessori and I said, well, you just need what water and sun. And he said, and love. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> mine are growing on love alone. Oh. I have to tell you, that's your little brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that could like bring us into conversation about food and health, kind of you know, fresh food and organic food, and um, you know, and moderation and eating you know less meat and more vegetables and. Um, Being more flexitarian. Flexitarian, yeah. Yeah, not eating meat it's every new, day. It's our new term. I got learned. labeled that this morning on my radio show. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. She taught us that word. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we um, we had Miyoko, who makes cheese, vegan cheese, out of cashew butter. Um, we tasted, it was, the butter was delicious. The cheeses were, and they were all different. There were some aged ones. There were some creamy ones, some cream cheese. Um, and it was really interesting. In the last few weeks, vegan has like been huge in our lives, um, which is really weird because one of my favorite foods, like you, is steak frites. Yes. <laughs> well, yes. Mm-hmm. Good piece of meat, good, good chicken thighs. It's hard to give all that up. It's funny though, do you find, I found this in the past four or five years where the really tuning in, I know that sounds so California, but really tuning into what you're craving. I mean, I do crave a steak, but I ate meat with my dad for three days in a row because he was visiting and that's all he eats. <laughs> and the next week, I all I wanted was fresh vegetables. vegetables. Yeah. And I think, you know, if people just uh, even 10% kind of more tune into what they're craving um, hopefully some veggies and freshness will creep in there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have cravings, honey, Penelope? Uh, no, but more on like the almond thing, like the almond cheese and stuff. So me, um, me and my cousin, we had a sleepover and we had like, and we were drinking almond milk. I don't really like it. And we were wondering how did it get? Like the almond, like we we were just like, do they milk the almonds? How do they milk those little tiny almonds? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry you can see Brian just now You're milking almonds. That was a well. Abby and I have talked about that because I told her I'm like, how do they milk those almonds? It's so <laughs> tiny. Um, I don't see any udders. <laughs> right, right. But what was it? Just the almond milk, or was it? It was almond milk. And what were you guys using it for? You were just drinking it straight. Uh, my cousin was, I refused to drink any. Okay. Yeah, that's funny because Abby went from breastfeeding and then we transitioned to goat's milk. And oh, then... I drank goat's milk. Yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah. I did. That was sort of a good transition. Yeah, the jig from, is up. She won't from... drink it anymore. Yeah, but then after after that, Abby stopped <laughs> drinking. Um, she didn't really drink milk anymore. Even yeah. on her cereal, she doesn't put milk on yeah, her cereal. You can just give I her do. a bowl with cereal, and then she just eats dry, it like that. Dry? So that's it's yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't and I don't know a lot of kids now. Growing up, we drank milk like it was oh, we whole drank milk, so vitamin D milk. milk. Like gallons. You, yeah, you gallons. thought that you had to, and that's going to be. For a future episode that we yeah. have coming up, we, is we're going to have someone from the dairy industry, and and we'll get to talk Marcus about this and see de- what 
um, what the trends are in the dairy industry. I have a feeling because of soy milk and almond milk and all those things that there's there's a shift that's going on. And there I wonder is, how and, that's and the dairy industry is trying to um, force alternate beverages alternative beverages to not call themselves milk right. i mean they have to be a beverage not right. milk right that we, that's what the dairy industry would like yeah i mean it makes sense and i, I kind mean, of don't blame them right yeah just like champagne just like port i mean i mean what is the yeah. definition of milk yeah what is the definition of cheese or the impossible burger i mean like just name it something else okay that is my new obsession i'm glad you are that you segue. serious you, Oh, is it bad for you? No, not at oh, all. I but love it. What? You do? Impossible Burger. That if we're going oh. out, you know, as uh-huh. a family or having a team dinner at, you know, a variety of places, even super duper, I will get the veggie burger. And the Impossible Burger is so juicy and delicious. You know, once you throw the pickles on and the Really? Lettuce, oh, right. win-win. Okay, wow. That's our first person. Um, obviously, there's millions of people that are liking it since Beyond Meat, their stock's doing it is yeah, okay. I, I, I've heard great comments about Beyond Meat as well. Yeah, Beyond yeah. Meat, but yeah, I just delicious. cannot get myself to do it. At Gots. Again, I just. Gots has it? Oh, yes. And I would say the one, of course, in Marin where everyone is, you know. Follow the money, Sandra. Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> yeah, and we I would tried say it. At the team dinner. Eight out of 16 adults had the Impossible Burger. That's wow. amazing. That's you know, amazing. That's re- uh, So we tried it at the Fairmont. We just had an issue with execution because it was getting too well done, cooked, sitting, waiting for someone to run yeah. the food. So yeah. we were having issues with that. But you know, it's funny. Yesterday, I had four kids with me. I had Abby and the, and the triplets on the way home from um, Six Flags. They, wanted, they said, we want to go to In-N-Out. Three of them ordered it with... No bun with right, lettuce. The lettuce, yeah. And I don't, wow. I don't the pressure them to do any of this. They, menu, they just right? order. They go out there, and that's the way they Are ordered they it. Free people? Or? No, they'll eat. But that's <laughs> the, they they like it that way. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. I, I you know, I don't too, know. It's a mess. <laughs> In the. It yeah. is. It's a total mess. I love and I a bun. Yeah, I hose them down before yeah. they get back in We're going to see many, many more things that are going to mm. be created out of grains or... I mean, actually, I was buying these cauliflower crisps <coughs> from a company called Cauliflower, C-A-U-L-I apostrophe flower. And you have to buy them online. They come frozen put them in the freezer when you're ready to cook it <clears throat> oven 400 degrees 10 minutes though my oven keeps burning them and then you let it sit and then you put the toppings on and then you put it back in um and they're delicious but it's interesting it's mozzarella <coughs> and like rice cauliflower and then pounded down really thin like a crust yeah. And right. I, it sounds I, delicious. Yeah, I love no, anything to do with cauliflower. Yeah, I I actually like cook a lot of cauliflower. But Maria made the pizza two days ago, and it had so it was a cauliflower crust, and then she used Miyoko's uh, mozzarella cheese. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Was it will, good? I couldn't eat it. The cauliflower crust still has um, oh um, olive know, oil or know, there's something that I couldn't eat. It. Yeah. And I will make a plug. The one thing I noticed in my diet, I don't know if you feel this way, the older the older I get, the more sugar that I am craving. And so 
you know, I try not to give in to it all the time, but I discovered Urban Remedy, which I think it's oh, a yeah. I, fair I was buying quote, it. tiramisu is really? out of this world. I was so skeptical, but they use coconut milk, um, cacao, and I can't remember. I have to look it up. It's Urban Remedy. Just look it up. Yeah, it's have, satisfied. Yeah. It came in a little <laughs> tub. It's Kathleen. She just doesn't like when Kathleen... No. Get... That's Kit Kat's yeah. contribution. Kit Kat. But to get that sensation of a dessert right. and not feel... feel oh, and it's dates, too. Dates. Because, oh, yeah. Date yeah. syrup and, to, and dates. This, and this coffee element. It just really was satisfying, and I was very skeptical. So I will just say, wow. try it out. I had coconut yogurt the other day, not coconut flavored yogurt. It was coconut based. It's um, Lydia's in Petaluma does raw food and vegan food. My mom's been going there forever. She and I'd had it before, but never thought anything of it. I just like the way it tastes. But the other day was so happy to have something that was, you know, had a little sweetness to it and was coconut. But it's so good. If you just put some strawberries or, you know, any kind of fruit on it. Done. Yeah. Delish. God, it's amazing what happens when you get four foodies in a room. Five foodies in (laughs) a room. Right now I'm starving. Exactly. I know. (laughs) Well, good. Lunch is coming up soon. Um, So anything that you want to bring up? You guys brainstormed a little bit with some topics. Oh, we did. We had a fun time in the car thinking about what possibly Son would ask us on the podcast. Have and I quizzed? Have I stumped you? No. <laughs> no, we, we, well, we've talked about food memories, but um, Penelope had a couple of her favorite. Just one? Maybe just one? one? No. Because we took our first trip as a family where the kids could actually choose that what they were eating. So last year we went to France and England, and we... I was so pleasantly surprised that the kids made it through without any, you know, major like, I won't eat this. Right. Um, and the, obviously the frites in yeah. France was yeah. a big hit. Amazing. Um, but we also discovered a new dessert in England called the Eaton Mess. Oh, Ooh. Yes. The Eaton okay. Mess. Let's I've written take it, it away. Yeah. T- t- describe it because it is just. Okay, go ahead. You just had it. Yeah. Well, as I remember, I think there are different variations, but it's meringue, yeah. and then they put pastry cream. Is that the right? Or I think so. Yeah. I think it's yeah. pastry cream, and then just all these different summer berries. So uh, it's literally a mess. So you yeah. just spoon it all in your mouth, and you get and the cream. And it really did come from eating. Yeah, wow. from the school in England. Oh my and goodness! I, how had I not known about that? It is yeah. my new love in the sweet world. Wait, yeah. so you are you are you going to make this at home? We, anyone, anyone could. Okay, I'm going to yeah. look that up. Now that it's berry season, I mean, now's yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm waiting for our Saris berries, Sonoma Valley Saris berries. Oh, I am be so happy. When are they coming? I didn't hear what you the said. Saris. The dog was nibbling my ankle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> She's in love with you. Um, Saris Ranch blueberries, aren't they coming soon? They should be. She posted something, you know, with a little plant with a very under... Right. Uh, under, yeah. Barry and said, we're trying, we're trying. Oh, you know, it's so funny because we're doing a Pacific Northwest menu. And on one of our Sunday suppers, which when this airs, it'll have already happened. But I put in blueberry pie thinking that her blueberries are going to be ready um, in time oh. for this dinner. 
And um, Andrea was like, why don't we do Marionberry? Marionberry's more Oregon, whatever. And I go, oh, but we're going to have Sarah's Ranch blueberries. <laughs> and she goes, oh, no, that's local. Yeah. So I think we're going to have regular blueberries. I don't think Sarah, they're going to be ready by Sunday. Ugh, too bad. Yeah, well, Mary, I vote Marion berries. Oh man, Mary, oh. and Oregon they do such fabulous things yeah. with Marion berries. Oh, Berry. I Washington love Marion berry pie. Yeah. Yeah. It's the undersung berry yeah. of the berry world. <laughs> I'm with you, Marion berry. Well, that darn mayor gave them a bad name. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's funny. In Washington. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, I think they almost don't want them to be too publicized, right. you know, because they have a limited supply and they yeah. want them. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, Alala berries and, yeah, oh, yeah. in Pescadero and Half Moon Bay. Oh, What's yeah. that place called that you can get that amazing pie? I don't know, but I can get you there. Uh, perfect. <laughs> I don't oh know what man! It's well, remember yeah. we used to have the Hickory Pit in. Oh, oh you guys, geez. right? Remember the Hickory Pit? The, it the was in, um, pit. and I don't know. The, okay, yeah, so the hickory, hickory with like a an apostrophe R Y. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like a little hickory. diner, but they basically you knew you were going there for pie. It was in Marin. Uh-huh. It was um, there was one that? in Oakland and Walnut Creek. Was There's there still really? one in Walnut Creek, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, near Kaiser. That's how I know. Because there's people that will drive miles for pie. My grandfather was one of those that he would always just in in the middle of the day say, "Come on, let's go get some pie." And he would, he, we'd drive a half an hour oh. just to go get a piece I'd of pie. pie. And a pie. cup of coffee. Hickory? Let's get real. Yeah. And a cup of coffee with it. Yeah, that, that, that yeah. was it. He didn't want lunch. He just wanted a piece of pie. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think it's a, I do a, love the sugar pie. hype. It's like British tea at four, Canadian tea or whatever. Yeah. Oh, pie, can I plug sugar and Petaluma Pie Company? Yes. What? Hello. Oh, yeah. They're doing okay, a nice job. Complete nerd food moment. I'm at the Marin County Farmers Market a few Sundays ago. I start chatting with a farmer about rhubarb because I love rhubarb, and he said, "Oh, I just sold you know a huge bundle of rhubarb to Petaluma Pie Company." And I said, "Oh, I'm going tomorrow to pick up a pie for my dad." And so I walked in. And I said, "I just met the farmer who's rhubarb you bought." <laughs> and they were like, "Oh my god, that's so cool!" And yeah. That is awesome. Wait, is this it's on great. Petaluma wow. Boulevard North? Yeah. In Have you not the, been there? No. I mean, I know Kozlowski Farms. Della Fattoria in okay. that oh, it's, little square. Yeah. It's, okay, so it's downtown. Yeah. Okay. And they do hand pies. They do oh. savory and sweet. And they have nano size. They have three sizes. So you can get like a little tiny bite size, right. you know, a perfect one person and then a larger. And oh. I have some friends with whom I've been to England and France two or three times who live near Temecula. Mm. And um, every time they come up here, they go to Petaluma Pie Company and buy pie to contribute to whatever dinner we all have. They just, I mean, they, that's half the reason they come, I think. I like them nice. already. The what? Yeah. I like them already. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just you They're taste. really interesting mm-hmm. people. Her, she was from the Philippines originally, wow. and he was from Mexico, and they met in high school in Los Angeles. Ooh, I want to eat at their house. And Oh, yes. It is incredible. And they just built a huge house. I mean, the kitchen has three dishwashers. That's a hint. Okay. Oh, my. Fancy pants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and wow. they cook constantly they cook for their employees she has a construction business that renovates buildings on u.s military bases wow well my three dishwashers are my husband and my two kids yeah Yeah. 
<laughs> That's awesome. But, they, but, they, but her so parents, do you. Yeah. parents live with them too. So yeah. they, you know, it's, who, who's right about what dish? Mexico oh. versus. I love a good food fight in the family. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and then one of the other dishes we have in England, which I had had for the first time, sticky toffee pudding. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a little sticky toffee pudding. And the, I always mispronounce um, it, but the patsies, pasties? Pasties. Oh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, yeah. do the British know their dough and their meat? I yeah. Mean, sign me up. We yeah. used to have a pasty place here back where... We did? Where um, Taste of Himalayas is. Oh, yeah. that's right, actually. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds so naughty they when were, you say it. They were underappreciated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. The food's... I mean... It's I gotten love a lot the better. food in England. Actually. I lived there for a year in 1995, in England, and I ate. Yeah, think a lot of hummus from Marks and Spence. Oh, and baguette. I mean, the food was so bad in Indian, but the food. I mean, especially in my British yeah. dorm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No. The peas the were the brown. The, the food now is amazing. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, and I ate at the River Cafe. So did I. Oh, so did I. I. We can compare about stories it. at lunch. Yes. Okay. Um. Well, okay. So I think we need to somewhat wrap it up because okay. now we talked about all this food now it's time to eat my stomach's growling yeah we're growling yeah um are you is your website um current it is current okay well taking a little shift um it, i've been writing about other things as well other than food um i had a little blip in my life um with cancer but all is good now my website is laurahomeshadad.com and you'll find yeah, and it's it's L A U R A H O L M E S H A D D A D. And I'll put so that in the show notes as well. Okay. Yeah. Good. So people can reach out and they can see your books, your latest book, yeah. your um, speaking tour yeah, dates. Where's events. your next? I also write fiction, and I'll be speaking. I can't wait to read. Very your... excited! I I got invited to speak at the Lit Crawl for this year's Litquake in San Francisco cool. in October. Um, so you can go to Litquake to learn more about that. Wow. Um, really great lineup of novelists this year. So and what are your novels? Oh, I'm working on things. I can't, oh, yeah, I can't wait. New, I want to uh, read it. That's my side gig. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And <laughs> thank then, you for having me. I'm and, so and happy to be here. Are you, are you doing, you've been doing some work with the governor? Um, I just, I'm doing are a little finished? bit of policy, healthcare work, um, just really trying to move the needle on some legislation involving cancer care and um, as well as um, pre-existing conditions um, because so many of us, whether you have acne or cancer, um, <laughs> you know, it will affect your health insurance status. So I've been doing some work on that. That's awesome. And I, and I have to say that you did write an incredible book called what they don't tell you or it's called this is cancer everything you need to know from the waiting room to the bedroom and i i do have a stack at home because which i think the book is awesome but it's it's sad to say that i'm giving them out you know it's just so many i'll take one one yeah i'll bring one yeah thank you i just really wanted to write about things that the doctors and oncologists don't tell you about when you hear the c word and um, it was really important to me to speak honestly and 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 give helpful, real information. Yeah. Not only to patients, but to caregivers and friends, and because let's be real, I mean, no one really knows what to say. No. Yeah. Um, no, it's so that really was my goal, awkward. So I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. 
Well, anyway, um, Brian, take it. Yeah, um, um, Kathleen, thank you for joining us today. Anyone that wants to listen to more of Kathleen, you know, you've got your radio show. Do you want to give a little plug to KSVY? Sure. My show is on from 10 to 11 every Friday morning on KSVY.org or 91.3 FM if you're within two miles of the station. (laughs) Or you can do what I did and and get the app and then you can just go to the archived uh, shows and listen to any of them. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, you've got... I did write a lot today at SonomaNews.com on vegan. Yes, I saw the article. Yeah, a couple Mm -hmm. of them. um, And thank you for giving us a plug on our patio award. Of course. Oh, my God. We were number, we were the top 100 patios in the country. Alfresco. 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 I'm not surprised. I know. It's so well set up. 30 million reviews. Wow. And 12 thousand restaurants fantastic and blind this is just based on what people wrote it was well, amazing it was amazing your we level were of kind of blow away fantastic well, thank you are we sitting on the patio today I, we, I know. we might be okay. Okay. we're on our way See, to the patio yeah, yeah. okay well Podcast if you guys want to download uh, uh past episodes you can go to radiomisfits.com uh slash the bike goes on or i think the one of the best ways is just go to the bikegoeson.com. Sondra's done a lot of nice work on the website so you can see previous guests, photos, and um, um, also get a hold of us there. You can follow us on Instagram at uh, Bite Talk. And we are still, I am still posting pictures of things that I am eating um, for the past, what's today? It's, I don't know, it's been like four, 10, 10, 10 days, days, 11 long, days, something like that. The long journey of a vegan. Like, yeah. It's like a year. <laughs> yeah, I'm ordering hopefully. something really juicy and meat just so I can watch you suffer. Fine, that's Maybe. fine. Hopefully yeah. my, the food will get a little freaks. more interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Penelope, yeah. feel free to eat your steak frites. It's not going to bother me whatsoever. <laughs> and Penelope, thank you for joining us today. I know you have a busy schedule. <laughs> now that you're off uh, for the summer and going into middle school, which is a big thing because my daughter is doing the same thing. It's amazing, isn't it, Mom? How quickly it's this shocking. goes. Yeah, makes me feel less young. <laughs> <sighs> well, well, you still look very good, Laura. Yes, thank yes. you so much. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, people can see it. But this is a sun for the summer solstice that started today. Yes. And so we had a little video that was shot, and this is before we started, and this was the sun that was. And oh, you can see scene. that. Um, yes. I think you can see that on our Instagram account. Yes, I think um, it'll be that going is a must somewhere. view. Yes, yeah. summer solstice. All right, and um, um, everyone, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Kit Kat. Around here somewhere. Kip Kat. Kat's been enjoying my ankles. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> you must be smelling good today. Yeah, I don't know what, I don't know like what you were eating yeah. this morning. But I got yeah. luscious thighs. Sausage. Thank you, thighs. Oh, yeah. Kit Kat's into those thighs. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. Bye.